Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of Eight Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who've read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. I'm super excited because I have somebody here that I want to be like when I grow up. Uh, I have um, Rosalie Wasatsky with me today, and I'm just going to go ahead and let you know she's 88, almost 89, but moves like she's 40. And I've just had a lovely conversation with her about her about her life and about why she is who she is. But I will tell you, I found out about her because she wrote me a lovely note after my book was published a few years back. And she is, as you'll learn, a lifelong learner and was able to pick a couple new stretches out, which is pretty hard to do, Rosalie, considering you've been moving your whole life. Why don't you tell the audience just a little bit about where, what your situation was like growing up and why you think you are such a go-getter today? Oh, um, I grew up in a family during, uh, I was born during the Great Depression in 1933. Uh, and so I never felt poor. Uh, my mother made all of my clo our clothing. We always looked nice. There was always food. My father was a very hardworking person. And many people in the Depression did not have work, but my father always had work. He was considered a good worker. So that was a high ethic in our family, uh, was to be responsible and to do what you're supposed to do and work hard. Um, it was never said like that, but that was the underlying uh, thing. And so that's how my brother and sister and I grew up, uh, just assuming that you could do almost anything. And if you wanted something or you wanted to do something, if you didn't know how, uh, either had to find a job and get money uh, to pay for it or better yet, learn how to do it and do it. And so that's <laughs> exactly what happened. And I think that formed all of us as being hardworking and um, following our following our own path kind of thing because mine is different than my brother and sisters um, so it means I've always been active uh, physically active I'm not interested in competitive sports that doesn't interest me but keeping my body in shape and just the feel of it the feel of of being in shape and being able to move and get down on the floor and um, all those kinds of things is really important to me. So, and, and Rosalie is accompanied by her fabulous dog, 
who is what 50 pounds or so 40 40 and goes with her wherever she is and i i would guarantee you rosalie would be that person i would say hey could you hold this bag for me i've got to reach something up because she could do it despite the fact that she is uh in her ninth decade um and this is exactly the kind of thing that excites me and why I write the book is that, or wrote the book is that because people don't recognize Rosalie that they can even, even let's say you went 40 years without exercising, if you started, you can still make changes. Yes. And you've never been a person who hasn't been able to move or been a person who's been overweight because of your commitments and your ongoing learning. But um you are introducing some of this work to your sister yes. and um, do you have a sense that she's improving her functional motion as a result of it or I, is she learning slower um she learns slower because my sister doesn't like to read <laughs> yeah, that can be a problem yeah and um so she was telling me why well, couldn't what something that she couldn't do and i said uh donna you have to move your ass back on that she said oh that works i said yeah and read a little bit more <laughs> my mom used to say kelly get your rearing gear that's kind of like yeah. move your ass back right and um i'm, I'm actually quite excited because rosalie has done tons of stretches and tons of physical activity and she is a lifelong learner and very passionate about learning new things but there were actually two of my um stretches within the two bounce protocol that uh -huh. she appreciates a little bit that maybe she hadn't done before you want to describe those oh two? yeah the uh i've never done the inner stretch for the inner part of my leg and so when i read that and stood up and started that read some more and figured out how to do it correctly it really felt good yes and uh so then i tried the other leg i really like that and then there's the other one i don't know what it's called um it's the rotation in the chest yes it's, it's the it's the rotation of the spine with your arms held up at yes uh -huh. and i love that one because i used to do tai chi when i lived in california for about five years and uh, it reminds me of tai chi oh very cool and you know one of the things we don't do very well in society is rotate I mean, you see people yes. craning in their cars to look to see if there's a car coming up behind them. And we're very good at moving forward and sitting mm -hmm. down, aren't we? And we're good at laying mm -hmm. down, <laughs> but not so much getting on the ground and up. Yes. But, you know, think of it. Sometimes our lives could depend on our ability yes. to get up off the ground, yes. right? I And I practice that every day. Yes. Uh, because uh, in my uh, cancer treatment, one of the things I do every day, um, it's a daily detox, uh, is to do a coffee enema on the floor uh, because it cleans the liver of any toxins yes. and keeps it clean. And so, and I like, it's a very relaxing one. That's the first thing I do. Fabulous. And so then- And, and just for the audience, I'll say she had a pretty aggressive form of breast cancer 25 years ago and has done remarkably well with instituting a number of things, dietary changes, supplementary changes. And she was a follower of Dr. Gonzalez, who was a tremendous pioneer for natural ways to mitigate cancer, sadly uh, is no longer with us. But um, and his I would, partner is. His partner, yeah, his partner right. is thankfully is carrying on the work. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm just so inspired by the fact that you are disciplined enough to do 
all the things that are required for you now to have survived that very aggressive form of cancer. And yet you're still learning 25 years later, you're still yeah. instituting new methodologies. And that gives me such hope. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably um, related also to the fact that I'm not highly social. My life doesn't depend on a lot of interaction with a lot of people. I much prefer doing activity. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and so when I see something that I'm not doing quite right, then I work on that. Uh, and getting up off the floor is really important. Yeah, I, I, it's a funny thing. I had a patient who um, was a sweet man, but did not believe that diet had anything to do with oh, his goodness. outcome and, <laughs> and ended up having two knee replacements and two hip replacements. And I sent him to my movement specialist at the time. I said, bud, you gotta be able to get up off the ground if you were to fall. He said, no, I'm not gonna do that. Well, then he came in a month later and he had been, he'd fallen on the sidewalk in the middle of nowhere and had to scooch on his bottom for about two blocks before he came across someone who finally helped him up. But still, he just wasn't willing. And, and I think, yeah. well, you can be stubborn. That's fine. We don't, we don't need to change your, change everybody's mind, do we? <laughs> um, but I, I would say, Rosalie, that you're going to do the thing that I always quest to do, and that is live all the way up until the moment I die. Yes, yes, yes. As, I, as I cannot a, go into any kind of uh, uh, assisted living. I watched my mother in one, one of those, and uh, it's industrial food. It is not real food, um, and they won't put up with anything that's not pharmaceutical. So I need to stay active, and when it's time to go, then I'm ready to go. There you go. And uh, I think that's a beautiful attitude to have around death as we live this full life as full as we can and, and honoring and respecting uh -huh. this great resource we have, uh -huh. taking good care of it. So when it is time to go, we just let it, you know, we, we, our soul leaves and it, it goes to rest. Um, that's far greater than a better way to do it than seeing people in, in a five, 10 year slide in a wheelchair oh, yeah. drooling in Oh, and, yeah. and these homes and I've been to many of course and likely you have to visit people but um, I do believe that we can barring some grotesque trauma okay I mean that mm -hmm. can happen to all of us but um, even missing limbs and such you can still yeah. maintain full functional range of motion and you know I say in my book that we define age we can determine how old someone is predicated on how much they can move. And so when you start losing movement patterns, let's say even in your little finger or your uh -huh. elbow or your neck or your hip, you stop moving there. Yes. That's when you can look at a distance and say, oh, that person is aging. Yes. But what's weird is the brain is collecting all this data from these moving, or in this case, not, not moving. moving joints. And that lends itself to a certain form um, of restriction stu of stupidity too i mean we're only as bright as we can move to a degree there's there's obviously there's exceptions to that rule someone with als uh -huh. um, for instance that can't move but the point being is that our brain does require movement to stay healthy yes it really really yes. does so i'm yes. i'm just very inspired because the brain here uh, it will uh, snip off the parts 
that are not being used. Yes. And that something else will come in to take that place. Yes. Uh, in the brain map. Yes. So, so I think there's something absolutely fabulous about people of your generation who were born during difficult time, who <laughs> fi figured out what you had to do to survive, uh -huh. and then just put your nose to the grindstone and continue, do it. continue to do it. So um, I want to thank you so much. And she came into my studio in person, which I'm very, I feel very <laughs> privileged. I get to see this lovely, beautiful face as I speak to her. But is there anything that you would like to say in, in the end here, Rosalie, to inspire others? Well, I think that your book is very important because you go into depth about the reason why. And that is so seldom that I experience that. So I can go back and look at a section of your book and read exactly what part of me isn't working right or may not be. And it's hard to find that. Yeah, People well, don't do I, that. I appreciate you saying that. And I'm always trying to explain that to patients. And so I figured I'm just gonna get this book written so they can have that as a reference. So thank you, thank you very much for that. Um, I would just remind the audience too that the book is Eight Minutes to Ageless. And this podcast is really about how to age well efficiently. It's not always around the body. It may be about food. It may be about um, prayer. It may be about relationships. Anything that mitigates the stress in our life that affords us to age better. That's really what mm -hmm. it's all about. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, for joining me today and I will continue to watch you over the next two or three decades <laughs> <laughs> probably <not that>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Rosalie thank you bye-bye in keeping with my minimalistic approach to life I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points not adding fluff so for today we are done but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about if you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8minutestoageless.org, will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.